light of infinite. It's wild to me to think that some folks don't know the true weekly epicness that is Shabbat. But like much in life, so much of its preciousness remains concealed until each person pushes through their own perceptions to reveal the truth that awaits. Cultivating a community that we feel is our own is key in feeling one with sacred spaces. Doing so often requires stepping out of one's comfort zone and either inviting people to create the space or inviting oneself into other spaces so that they can become our own. When we haven't done that yet or don't feel motivated enough to do so, we inevitably feel disconnected from the commandments as a celebration and feel more of them. When we haven't done that yet or don't feel motivated enough to do so, we inevitably feel disconnected from the commandment as a celebration and feel them more as obligations. So how do we elevate the sacred moments and tap into the beauty and joy that lies within? It's always a mix of action and education. Educating oneself on what the rituals actually entail and taking action to follow the rituals so that we could access the potent power of feeling that comes with being grounded and unified with oneself, with each other, and most importantly with our source, Hashem. In this week's Torah portion, Kitisa, we are commanded to keep Shabbat, which is the only Jewish ritual mentioned in the Ten Commandments and the one commandment mentioned in the Torah more than any other. There's no more elevated bridge between this world and the next. It's the finite time and space where our soul feels tapped into the infinite. Its splendor is inevitable, and we read Hashem said to Moshe, saying, And you speak to the children of Israel, saying, Just observe my Sabbath, for it is a sign between me and you for generations to know that I am Hashem who sanctifies you. Rashi adds, And although I charged you to command them concerning the work of the Mishkan, do not view things so lightly as to push aside the Shabbat because of that work. It's written in Shabbat Shabbaton. The repetitive term indicates the importance of level of rest in mind. The Hebrew word nofesh, resting, is related to nefesh, spirit. Hashem created the world in six days, and on the seventh, He rested. We spend our days emulating Hashem in creating and trying to conquer nature, to mold it into our desires. But on the seventh, on Shabbat, we are told to stop, to take a breath, to meditate on being created, and abstain from creating. We take a pause from trying to rise above what is natural and meditate on nature itself, on receiving in full faith that Hashem provides and is fully in charge, and that no matter how hard we work, in the end, it's all in the hands of Hashem. As the Shabbat prayer reads, Rejoice in your kingdom, you who keep the Shabbat. Shabbat, the seventh day of our week, is a taste of the infinite, but it's still bound in time and space. It's a gift from God that we even get that taste. As it's stated in Talmud Shabbat, the Holy One, blessed be He, said to Moshe, I have a precious gift in my treasure house, and it's called the Shabbat. So much so that when I'm in it, it's hard to let go of it. Feeling that anxiety of getting back to the regular week, of turning my phone on and computer and not knowing what might await, now more than ever, it seems essential to take the time to truly unplug once a week, to center oneself without the constant distraction of modernity, shifting focus to community, prayer, meditation, and truly being present. The Khatam Sofer expounds, by granting the Shabbat with its unique spiritual powers, Nishama Yetzera, this additional soul, Hashem reminds us that spirituality is also a gift from Him. If it were accomplished because of our own prowess, no distinction would exist between Shabbat and any other day. From the special nature of Shabbat, we conclude that Hashem, who created the holy day, nurtured the Jewish soul as well. As it's written, the Jewish people must observe Shabbat, making it an eternal covenant throughout the generations. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov writes in Likutei Maran that in this verse, the Dorotam, throughout the generations, alludes to dira, a dwelling or a home. We have to draw Shabbat into our dwelling so that our physical spaces will feel the spiritual light that is Shabbat. The next verse we read the famous, for in the six days God made. Rabbeinu teaches that 
It can also be read as, for God made six days, meaning Hashem created time and the six days that concentrically encircle the inner focal point of creation, which is Shabbat. Each day that is closer to Shabbat in time is also spiritually closer, which is also why human beings were created last, as we have the ability to elevate time and draw down this infinite light. The Ten Commandments appear in the Torah two times. The first time historically, when they were given at Mount Sinai. The second time though is in context of Moshe's review of the Exodus just before he passes away, at the end of the 40 years in the desert. The first version reads as follows, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The second version really emphasizes that God commands it, but also says that it is your God that commands you, making it personal. There's a similarity with the commandment to honor one's parents. The first version reads, Honor your father and mother in order that your days be long on the land that God, your God, is giving to you. The second version reads, Honor your father and your mother as God, your God, commanded you in order that your days be long and in order that it be well with you on the land that God, your God, is giving you. The Rizal explains these two commandments as equivalent, one honoring your body, your physical parents, and the other honoring your spiritual parents, meaning the Zer Anpin and the Nukva, who are referred to as the two Shabbatot. In the famous sage's statement, if the Jewish people would keep two Shabbatot properly, they would be redeemed immediately. The Rizal explains that every Jewish soul is produced by the union of the Zer Anpin and the Nukva. The female of Zer Anpin, Aramaic for the Hebrew word Nekeva, feminine, referring to the Zer Anpin's bride. And as these partsifim may be considered our spiritual parents, that while most understand the sages' statements to mean two Shabbatot in a row, the mystical meaning is actually that we must keep two aspects of the Shabbat, the feminine night and the masculine day. So by honoring the Shabbat in the mystical meaning, we fulfill the commandment to honor our parents spiritually, and that is the redemption. This is the mystical meaning of everyone must fear his mother and father and keep my Sabbaths. Written in Kiddoshim, my Bar Mitzvah Parsha actually, the plurality of Sabbaths represent the father and the mother. In Sefer Yetzirah, it's written that the six days of the week are masculine and have six directions pointing outwards, but the Sabbath is feminine, the center point which draws all six points together. Rabbi Arya Kaplan says that this teaches us when we look at ourselves in terms of our external relationships, we are looking at our masculine identity. But when we look at ourselves, our inner core, that's our feminine entity. All week long, our struggles to gain spirituality is on a male level. But on Shabbat, we are on a female level, absorbing the fruits of all that we have done during the week. Without the Shabbat, there would be no way of receiving. When the female receives over a million sperm cells, only one is selected. And from her one fertilized egg, she gives back a complete life, an infant. There's a receiving, but what comes from that is completion. Rabbi Arya Kaplan explains that masculinity is giving, but the essence of femininity is receiving and completing. Whereas masculinity parallels Yitzhara, which is something from something, the femininity of Malchut parallels Asiya, which is completion. Shabbat is a weekly opportunity to complete a cycle and receive by enjoying the blessings that we earn through giving during the week. The Hebrew word for faith is emunah. Kaplan points out that it comes from the same root as uman, a craftsman. Faith cannot be separated from action, but by what act in particular do we demonstrate our belief in God as the Creator? The answer now becomes obvious. The one ritual that does this is the observance of Shabbat. It's the confirmation of our belief in God as the Creator of all things. We now understand what the Talmud means when it says that one who does not keep the Shabbat is like an idol worshiper. There are two parts to keeping Shabbat. First, observing the laws of Shabbat in all their detail in order to fulfill the commandment, not for any other motive. And second, to rest from work on Shabbat, because we enjoy resting from our work. 
It's key to tap into the holiness and the energy of the first part, connecting to Hashem because it is a bond, a sign, and a covenant. And because it's Hashem who sanctifies us, which is what is written out in this Torah portion. It's key to tap into the holiness and the energy of the first part, connecting to Hashem because it's a bond, a sign, a covenant, and because it's Hashem who sanctifies us, which is what's written in this Torah portion. It's a sign between me and you for generations to know that I am Hashem who sanctifies you. Shabbat is a time to take a break from viewing yourself as the one in control and demonstrate through actions that your faith is fully in Hashem as the one creator. Hasidic teaching refines the meaning of hashkacha, divine providence, defining it as Hashem's caring watchfulness and direct personal supervision. Hashkacha prati, of everything that exists, all inanimate matter, plants, animals, and humanity. For man, hashkacha more specifically signifies Hashem's ongoing active participation in every aspect of his life. His providing each person with the necessary means to serve him and make his imminence, meaning the divine presence, known in the world. This is most apparent with regard to man's livelihood. As I previously mentioned, I have personally seen this in my own life many times. I can make hundreds of sales calls and not land much of anything. And then, if I stay positive and do the work that needs to be done, and stay hopeful and giving, I could be a vessel for receiving. Then, I might get a call the next day, seemingly out of the blue, and land a big money deal. This is the way to see that we aren't in charge and we can't control the outcomes of many situations. The way to demonstrate this is by taking a break from earning money and working in all its various manifestations for the full 25 hours of Shabbat and showing with full faith that we trust that Hashem is watching over us in all of His ways. Mark Twain astutely points out, if the statistics are right, the Jews constitute but one quarter of 1% of the human race. It suggests a nebulous puff or stardust lost in the blaze of the Milky Way. Properly, the Jews ought hardly be heard of at all, but he is heard of, has always been heard of. He is as prominent on the planet as any other people, and his importance is extravagantly out of proportion to the smallness of his bulk. His contribution to the world's list of great names in literature, science, art, music, finance, medicine, and abstruse learning are also very out of proportion to the weak of his numbers. He has made a marvelous fight in this world in all ages, and has done it with hands tied behind him. He could be in vain of himself and be excused for it. The Egyptians, the Babylonians, and the Persians rose, filled the planet with sound and splendor, then faded to the dream stuff and passed away. The Greeks and Romans followed and made a vast noise, and they were gone. Other people have sprung up and held their torch high for a time, but it burned out, and they sit in twilight now and have vanished. The Jews saw them all, survived them all, and is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his part, no slowing of his energy, no dulling of his alert but aggressive mind. All things are mortal but the Jews. All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? I believe Ahad Ha'am, the founder of cultural Zionism, who is famously quoted as saying the answer to Twain's question, more than the Jews have kept Shabbat, Shabbat has kept the Jews. It is the power of this commandment that it has preserved the people tasked to shine a perpetual light and to elevate the fallen sparks in a world of darkness. Shabbat Shalom. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.